0: Morning. Morning. <laughs> All right. So for our listeners, count how many times Joe cracks a joke? Because he's on Zay Game today. He is. He's over there like silent facing <laughs> it. This is so good. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not going there. Yeah, you will.
1: You can't help yourself.
0: That's right. So lesson nine, we're going to jump into the millennium. Now, the lesson kicks us off, where he talks about uh, millennium is a Latin word for 1,000, and it's not actually found in the Bible, even though it's commonly used for the 1,000-year period spoken of in Revelation chapter 20. And we're actually going to read, it's like five verses long that kind of talks about that, and we'll kind of dive into that. But the author gives us like three kind of common views uh, or major views held by most Christians. Can we have some volunteers who are willing to kind of read down
2: through each of those? Mm-hmm. Kind of start mm-hmm. us off. A millennialism. In this view, the 1,000 years is a figurative time period that represents the church age. It is a span of time between Christ's first and second coming. The binding of Satan is only a symbol of Satan's defeat at the cross which causes his activity to be so limited that he could not prevent the spread of the gospel during that time period few Christians hold this view today thank you
3: angel Seth. number 2 post millennialism this view teaches that the world will get a better and will get better and better and eventually usher into a thousand year years of peace at the end of which Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom on earth this view which was very popular in the church during the 17th 18th centuries has been since has since been abandoned
4: yeah you Joe you want to read number three premillennialism uh, this is the most popular view today in this view the 1000 year period begins with Christ's return to earth to gather his people and take them back to heaven however there are several different versions among Christians as to what takes place after that
0: all right so that sounds like what we're going to get into is what takes place after that. Mm-hmm. Anybody like familiar with these three views? When you kind of read it, like, I never heard of that before, or whatever.
1: I've never heard of it one and two.
0: Either. Yeah, same. Actually, same. I think I might have heard a little bit of the um, maybe the
5: angelianism, that church ages kind of thing. If you believe systems out there yeah. still, like the yeah, yeah, Jehovah's Witnesses believe that there'll be peace on earth.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it kind of, kind of falls, falls into that category. Mm-hmm. So, with the Millennium, as with, you know, kind of has been a common theme for this whole study, we're kind of looking for the Bible, for our answers... You know, we're encouraged to set aside preconceived ideas and try to approach things with an open mind. And as we all know, that's really difficult to do, but it's a good exercise. So let's jump into passage in Revelation 20, verses 1 through 5. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him, so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things he must be released for a little while. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. And then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the Word of God, who had not worshiped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. All right. So that's where we find that concept, this millennial concept. So we kind of just moved down through. The author talks about the difference between they lived and not live again. What did you guys think of that? Little paragraph there. Greek word zeo. Am I pronouncing that right? Zao, 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 which means came to life. In other words, this group of people were raised from the dead and now seen are now seen in heaven with Christ. In contrast, in verse five, another group, quote, the rest of the dead lived not again, or were not raised to life again until a thousand years later. So implies two different resurrections. And as we see, Daniel and John Daniel twelve and John five, there's some evidence there about there'll be two separate resurrections. Any thoughts come to mind so far? What do you think? Top of page one twelve, the second paragraph. This is following Jesus' words. Maybe we'll read it. Um, yeah, can someone read John five twenty eight and twenty nine? These are Jesus' own words. I'll
1: do it. Yeah. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. According to Jesus, all those who are in the grave, good and bad, will be raised. Some will be raised in one resurrection, and others in another. But according to the next text, the righteous will be raised first.
0: So before we jump into the next text, why why is, you know, our focus should be on, what does it say about God? We're focusing on trying to learn and understand God's character revealed in Jesus. So why, what does it say about God? Or why is it important that there's a resurrection of righteous and then also a resurrection of Know the unrighteous or evil people.
4: Why is that important? Why would, why does it matter? I'm just kind of curious. Why is there a resurrection of the evil then? Right, that's my question. Yeah, why? Any thoughts
0: on that? Thought about that. And the the answer is in this lesson a little bit later on. But just to kind of throw it out there early on, like, what's why why is Jesus making that point? And if you if you don't hold a like a larger view or a great controversy perspective between Christ and Satan and the war that's going on with Satan is misrepresenting God's character and Satan wants to be worshipped as God, so he's trying to undermine and and
5: lie about and slander God's character, then it's hard to hard to find an answer, Mark. Well, you know, it's like who's on trial here and it's really God. Right. Satan tried to lay that case down that God is unjust. Right. And so, in a final courtroom scene, so to speak, where all the evidence is played out, and everyone can see every time that they faulted and walked away, that, you know, they all have to say that, God, you were just. Right. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm.
0: So let's jump down to... First Thessalonians four sixteen. for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. We learned a lot about that when we did the lesson on the second coming. It is only logical that this is the first resurrection and since we learned in lesson 3 that the Son of God Christ is God and Savior in the Old Testament and New Testament anyone here still struggle with that idea? that Jesus is the God of the Old Testament and also the God of the New Testament? The only mediator between God and man. Jesus is the only mediator between God and man. Therefore, this resurrection will not be only New Testament Christians, but all those who from the beginning of the world have trusted God for their salvation. I I underline that like crazy because I think it's great. Because this idea exposes a little bit of a fallacy in modern Christianity today where the belief is, and the Bible actually says this, but unless you confess Jesus, you can't be saved. What about the millions of people in the Old Testament, Jesus wasn't even around. How are they going to be saved? Jesus is only one of the names. Mary and Joseph never called him Jesus. That's an English translation, right? Not not to get off on that tangent, but.
5: But, you know, he's had several names throughout history.
0: Right. Jack, yeah, exactly.
5: Michael. Galway. Jehovah.
1: Jehovah.
0: Isi. Zeus. The new one. (laughs) So, to review so far, there's interesting, the author put through this whole lesson a couple times, like, you know, to review, to review, to kind of like walk us through this whole process. So, the, the, at the bottom of page 112, the events that mark mm-hmm. the beginning of the millennium are basically the idea the millennium starts when the righteous are resurrected and taken to heaven with those who are still alive and remain. The millennium begins when the wicked are slain by the brightness of his coming. Right? We read about that when we went through the whole second, com- second coming chapter. Then at the close of the 1,000 years, the wicked will be resurrected. Right? So it's just kind of like a big overview of the whole thing.
4: So that's just going to be Satan uh, walking around on earth all by himself. Or, yep. Yep. I
0: think that's where we're going to get into the next section exactly. Nothing to do but consider and ponder and think. And plan. And plan. Well said. Well said. All right, so let's keep moving on here. What will occur during the millennium? First on earth, then in heaven. And then we'll look at, in the lesson, here, we're going to look at first what does bound mean? Satan, you know, Revelation said Satan will be bound during this time. When you hear that, before we get into it, what comes to your mind? An angel descends with a great chain and binds Satan in a bottomless pit. It
4: just
2: ties him, ties him down. You know, just ties him, keeps him in place. Uh, it just binds him to earth alone. Yeah, not, it cannot be birthed. This literal? Is it a literal binding?
1: I like that
2: idea. Is an angel
0: showing up. Excuse me, sir, you're under arrest. Puts he's him in shackles. He's shakas. got a
1: big chain. He has a, He's coming with a big chain.
5: He's gonna lock them down. Remember the story in Job where the sons of God got together, right? And Satan came to heaven. Mm-hmm. And so. So it's a physical restriction. Yeah, you you can't go anywhere. You're 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 gonna hang out in this desolation you caused.
1: Okay. So I I always thought that after <clears throat> Satan fell, he couldn't leave Earth. But maybe I misunderstood that. Which falling? What he was thrown to earth? Well, you know, initially. after they, after they,
0: they war broke out in heaven initially, like pre-creation. Uh, yeah,
1: yes. The, okay. the war broke out in heaven, and then all of the people got together mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. talked about it, sure. and he was there too. And then him and his angels weren't allowed to come back. Gotcha. But. Maybe that was
5: just heaven. He wasn't allowed to go to heaven, but maybe he's allowed in our solar
1: system. Hmm. Good questions. Remember
5: this? You know where it talks about the sons of God. Remember that there's other worlds out there that God created. We're, I'm sure we're not the only one, right? And and so when those representatives came from those other worlds, you know th- this is the only one that we know of that fell and this is the one that satan claimed was his he did so when he tempted jesus
1: right
5: and so it's it's you know it in in if once this world is devoid of all human life then you know satan's going to be left to just walk the earth that he thought was his
0: So let's just let's see where this lesson takes us and see if we can find some things we disagree with, some answers, you know, some interesting facts, you know, and let's just see where it goes. So the the author starts out kind of extrapolating some information about Revelation 21 through 2. The bottomless pit, a great chain. He lays hold of him for a thousand years, he sets him up, puts a seal on him, throws him into this dark abyss. So the Greek word abyss means a dark desolate place the abyss is a symbol of the desolated earth after Christ's second coming remember when we did the second coming lesson what was a, it's going to be a catastrophic event the brightness of God's coming and Lola remember you brought out this this point of saying it's like when you mix two elements that aren't compatible there's a there's a violent reaction and you kind of compare that idea when, when, when Jesus shows up love, truth, freedom, the light, the fire God is a consuming fire it produces a violent reaction right, so what's left of the earth is a dark desolate place which the Greek word you know, describes it as an abyss
5: you, you ever, and I spoke about it on the way here it's like, in order for every eye to see Jesus come we live on a sphere. Right. How's that gonna happen in real time unless the earth is flattened? Something. You know what I mean? i like... Well, I mean, light also goes around.
3: So, true.
1: Well, I don't know. and then I've had people interpret that. I've heard this before where, you know, we are so TV and watch and whatever. You can catch the news everywhere. You can see whatever everywhere, that it would be that.
0: Now, I'm sure the creator of time, of our time, knows how to modify our time so that it mm-hmm. makes sense, even if we can't quite understand it, you know? Mm-hmm. But to jump into Jeremiah, we're going to learn a little bit more of, right now we're trying to define, what's this bottomless pit? You know, is it a hole in the ground with a you know, there's no light and a big lock? <laughs> You're in there in this dungeon, you know, is that what he's describing? Or... If you look at Jeremiah, he talks about the very beginning. I beheld the earth, and indeed it was without form and void. What else comes to mind from the Bible? For those who have read the Bible, where else is earth
5: described as without form and void? Pre-creation. Pre-creation. There was no sun. So, I mean, cataclysmic.
0: The Jesus says in the Gospels, Sarah and I read in the Book of Matthew, some of the other books, whatever. But the Jesus Gospels, not one jot or tittle, will be removed from the law until Jesus comes. Right? So you have to, you know, this reality that we occupy exists because God created this way. At the second coming, it will be no more. So in essence, what God created will be no more. Right? So you can you can look at a a Hubble Space Telescope image of Pluto, the moon. It is formless and void. There's nothing there. It's a barren wasteland. So I just think that was kind of interesting to kind of bring that out. That it it almost paints this picture that the Earth revert that reverts back to pre-cart pre creation, and Satan finds himself going, man, not again, right?
4: Here's the earth before creation. Ah, because he was here before then. There you go.
0: Because the Bible says when Satan was cast out of heaven, he was cast to earth. But there was nothing there. You know? just an interesting thought. So if we read down toward the end, this is where it gets really good, I think. Personally, I really love what the author brought out with this whole idea of like a chain and binding. Um... Bottom paragraph of 113. Who's willing to read that for
4: us? I'll read it. Cool. There is no literal earthly chain that will bind Satan. The great chain that binds Satan during a thousand years is a chain of circumstances. Excuse me. For example, if we hear someone say, I can't go shopping with you today, I'm all tied up. We know that is not to be taken literally, but rather as a figure of speech. That means that circumstances will not allow them to go. The binding of Satan is to be understood this way as well. The binding of Satan means that he is no longer allowed to freely travel the universe, but that he is bound or confined to this planet by a chain of circumstances that came about at the second coming of the Lord. The following text help us understand what those circumstances will be that caused him to be bound, unable to do what he would otherwise do.
0: So... Let's see if we can really connect with this, mm-hmm. this concept. I can't hang out with you tonight. I'm all tied up. What would that typically mean for a person? They're busy. They're super busy. Why are they super busy? They got
1: stuff going on, they,
0: they got can't get away. How did they get stuff going on? They had plans. How did they have plans? They
1: made decisions and choices.
0: They made decisions and choices. That led them to being super busy. That led them to being stuff going on. That
1: too tied up to can't go. They're
0: too tied up that they can't do something. It all boils back to they started making some choices and decisions. Because the difference between me saying I can't go to Joe's party, I'm all tied up, and Mark saying Yeah, I'm free, I can go to your party, is Mark made different choices than I did.
5: Right. There's also circumstances of choices you make, like, oh, I'm gonna go get a job. Now my job, I have this thing to exactly. do, I yeah. have to go and That's right. Yeah. And so as we're learning. So, choice.
0: It's so, choice. so, so as so you're, choice. you're learning about this concept, you know, sin is described in the same way. Sin, you know, as we make choices, it starts a, a train of circumstances that leads us somewhere. Sin, if you continue, will lead to death, and eternal life or righteousness is a different set of choices that create a different set of circumstances.
1: My my brain is is seeing a, you know, if he's bound here, um, that he can't he can't go out to deceive any more nations. You know, my brain is picturing some sort of a shield that God's put around the earth that he's locked
0: in. So that would almost make God sound like it's potentially arbitrary. Like there's places that Satan could go or people that maybe would listen to him if only God would let him free. So let me suggest to you another concept. And this is where I think, Lola, it connects to your question. Sin, selfishness started in heaven. The Bible says a third of the angels were deceived because Satan's goal is to win hearts and minds. He wants to be worshipped as God. Well, eventually, he was cast out of heaven to earth. You read the beginning of Job. Satan goes back to heaven. And there we are, God sitting with his council. Satan shows up. God asks Satan, where are you from? Satan says, from walking to and fro on the earth. God says, well, if you consider my servant Job? Yeah, he only loves you because you bless him arbitrarily. So you have an actual picture of Satan traveling there. Now, let's fast forward to the Gospels. Jesus sends his disciples out. They do this whole missionary thing. They come back. And they say, man, even demons were cast out in in your name. And Jesus says, his response to the disciples were, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Right? And then you get through the crucifixion. Who else is watching this great controversy play out? All the angels. All the other worlds that you referenced. As we understand it, as I understand it right now, after... Jesus was crucified on the cross, Satan could no longer go to heaven. Not because he wasn't allowed to, but because he wasn't welcomed there by anybody there. When you see somebody for who they are, and you and you know what their motive is all about,
3: they're
0: not, not welcome anymore. Not not because there's a chain keeping Satan from going to heaven, it's because the door Doors are closed. there's no one there that would listen to a word he says we know what you're all about dude you're a liar everyone in heaven says you are the father flies we see you plainly for who you are
3: <clears throat>
0: satan can no longer tempt them
1: yeah.
0: does that make sense yeah. so let's so let's now let's take that to the situation with the millennium Satan is bound to this earth because a series of circumstances people made a choice to know God and are sealed in the truth about God. They know Satan for who he is. He can't get to them anymore. But they're also in heaven. And even if they weren't in heaven, he still can't get to them. That's where we talked a couple weeks ago about like Satan can't get to your heart because you're solidified in the truth about God and he will try to kill you so you can't talk to other people. Right, like yeah. that kind. He'll try to silence you. Since you're in heaven now, he doesn't. He can't have access to you. And all the righteous dead are dead, or all the unrighteous. So the series of circumstances
5: brought him out to say, like, I have nowhere to go. I think it's. I think it's really beautiful that the the counseling uh, session happens before the verdict is played out. Interesting. You guys think of that
0: idea, that concept? I have one question. You said
3: that he wasn't allowed to go to heaven. And then you said he was also bound to earth. So if he's, if, say he's just not allowed to go to heaven, does that mean he can go to other planets? Like, hypothetically? Or is he actually bound to this earth? Well,
1: what he was saying earlier was the people or beings in those other worlds did not oh, welcome him.
3: Right. Okay. They didn't welcome I thought, him, I he was so okay he
1: wouldn't be allowed there because they don't want him there. Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. Understood. Understood. Angel's got to comment. That's good. My, my question will be, okay, when Christ comes, second coming of Christ, what will happen to those people on, on those other planets? Would, would, would they be with God already? Or, because, I mean, if it is a second coming, is it a second coming for Earth, or what about
5: the other planets? The other planets oh, ever yeah. fell, so they're That's still right. in per- right. perfection. Right. They're, they're still in. They're, they're you know, th- this is an anomaly. Right. Think of it this way. Uh, think of a politician.
0: We're not going to get into politics or names and names, but just think of a politician who you know... The evidence based on circumstances and choices you know is an untrustworthy, bold-faced liar. Imagine that person comes to your house, knocks on the door, and says, I got I got something you really need to hear. Are you going to open your mind, your heart to him, even your door? Or are you going to peek out and say, that's so-and-so. I'm not even opening open the door to him. Nope, we're not talking to that person at all. Nope. There's nothing that person can say that is true or good. That's what the other worlds do with Satan. That's what angels do with Satan. Because they've seen him for what he is.
1: Right, and the other worlds will still exist. That's right. Um, At the second coming and throughout that time period, because right. <clears throat> there's no reason they need to be rescued, because that's right. when the New Jerusalem comes back down, we will be back here on this earth, right? Yeah. Like, we're not going to... Yeah, so like, all of that will
2: still be as it is currently. Angel, and I, yeah. And I think uh, Satan targeted Earth because the humans was, um, humankind was created by God. He actually, he actually got the image of God, right? Sound dirty. Yep. God-like abilities. Yeah, yeah and then yep. form man. You know, and I think that's why Satan declared war on humanity because we're in the image of God. And he wanted to destroy that so bad too. You know. So we God. What, other, what
1: are the other beings? What do they look like?
4: That's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: They had. Right. Have they had access to heaven all these years because they didn't fall? Right. So they've been able to travel back and forth. Right. Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, they're not there's restricted. Just so much. That's right. For us to learn and
3: yeah. and that's right. Yeah. All right. So I have another question. Why were the other planets and those beings on those planets so well warned and conditioned to not? for somebody's loss and we weren't why why were they more conditioned
5: than Eve decisions they didn't make the bad decision I'm sure they, they you know from what I understand what I I can't remember where I read it but in Ellen White's writings where they talk about there was a tree on each of the planets there was an access point and they just chose not to do it oh okay and then eventually those trees got removed and it, it was, you know, and, and 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 it it was, you know, that access point. They chose.
3: They chose listening
2: to God Yes. All right. It's like it's like um. Some people have the ability to use common sense. You know, to think before you they act. You know, like like when Satan lied about God said. You know, oh yeah, um, you're not gonna die, even though God said. You are going to die if you do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like it's like a good son or a bad son. A good right. son is like, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, right. Whatever.
3: I, I understand. That makes sense.
0: So let's let's jump back in here, and we have got a few minutes left for our time together. Bottom of one fourteen, Revelation twenty-seven and eight talks about when the thousand years have finished, Satan will be released, and will go to all four corners of the earth. And it uses the term gods and magogs to gather them together to battle. Whose number is as the sand of the sea. Insane. So at the close of the thousand years, the the wicked will be re- resurrected. Satan is released. Why is he released now? Does an angel come down and unlock him? No, he's released because now the... Now the...
1: Uh,
4: the millennium has expired
1: Yeah, and we've come back down
4: there's people there now his circumstances have changed because they brought them back resurrected the wicked dead
0: there's people there now that will listen to him again his circumstances have changed now Satan is not bound anymore Satan can now resume his work now what work can Satan do remember you've got The resurrected people from the sands of the sea at the second resurrection, these are all people who trust Satan. They trust selfishness. What work does Satan have to do? They're already on his side. They're already there to worship him. What work does he have to do? Think about this. What else is there?
4: He's already got them in his pocket.
0: Right? But what else is there that wasn't there before?
1: Well, the people in the New Jerusalem. New
0: Jerusalem. God's holy presence, literal
4: presence, is there now. And the people see that. And the
0: people see that. What's Satan got to do?
1: He's rallying them to war.
0: That's right. Yeah, that's right. And that's where the whole Gog and Magog comes from. It's a it's a symbolism of an Old Testament thing where Gog is the leader of people who are enemies of God, and Magog is like the land or the you know the the territory of this leader. That's where it talks about. Um, That's over on another page here. I kind of got ahead of myself in the lesson. Now this is where we talked last week a lot, Joe. Revelation 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. So this is going on during the millennium as well. The righteous are judging people judging angels and we exhausted this last week so I don't really need to exhaust it too much this week but highlights from that whole point would be what if you were talking to somebody how
4: would you describe this period All right, time back on, back to the point of you were used as an example last week yes you oh, were sorry yes. oh no not awesome but why isn't mom here in heaven with us here's why yeah. Is that what you're referring to? 100. Yeah.
1: Answer the question.
4: That's why they I didn't. I didn't say she couldn't be here. She chose to not be. And you're getting
5: that counseling before you see the verdict read out because you're going to see your loved one in the crowd. Yeah. You're. You're going to. But understand why they're there. And yeah, and you'll be prepared for it. Yeah.
4: Do so you have a chance to prepare you yourself surprises. before then?
2: And I would say that Satan is the ultimate false prophet. Yeah. That's right. Like, like, prophets that, you know... We'll see at the end. Yeah, you know, like, like, you know, like Waco and, and Jim Jones and stuff that people, how could people believe that guy and actually kill themselves for that guy, mm-hmm.
0: you know? So if you look at the second, the middle paragraph there where it talks about judgment, the Greek word is... Cur- Rima means sentence, pronounce, ratify, or confirm the righteous in heaven um, and the wicked slain. It will be obvious who is saved and who is lost. So what is the judgment about? In First Corinthians 4, 5, this is an amazing verse. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveals the counsels of the hearts. Then each man's, each one's praise will come from God. So. We talked about this last week. We see behaviors. What we cannot see is the hidden things of the our intent. hearts. The intent and motivations. And other hearts. Exactly. That's exactly right. So what does that mean then? When we're in heaven, Jesus hands you a book. Here is the hidden things of the person's heart. Here's why. And that's how we can then say we can praise God after we go through this process. This is like we talked last week, and you did everything you could, and they were just dead sin against. They didn't want to be here. Think of that. The last paragraph of 115, I think he sums it up really great. Since God is all-knowing, this session of judgment is not for his benefit, but for the benefit of the redeemed. There will be friends and loved ones missing. Many will have questions as to why they were not saved. Our loving Father wants them to understand, so they will examine the records and confirm the decision made by each lost individual, including the fallen angels who sided with Satan. See that? Including the fallen angels? any thoughts additional thoughts or ideas about that before we close maybe we'll wrap up here this last point for today and that is another purpose of the millennial time is for educating the redeemed what do you think about that educating the redeemed there's a lot to learn yeah
1: I I just think that Father is just so, so loving. He just doesn't want any questions left unanswered. Exactly. So that we never doubt again.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, do we think that, think of all the people who will be saved, do we think there will be a different level of understanding and maturity between the thief on the cross and Enoch? Yeah. Of course. Or Moses?
1: Yeah.
0: Or Adam? And so it's going to take some time to grow up in maturity, to learn, to understand, to literally sit at the feet of Jesus and be taught by him. Malachi 4.2, I think to close it up, is a really great thing. It says, but to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. King James Version says, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness rise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. So in essence, the the lesson here says we're on broad-up speed. We've got a lot to learn.
1: I marked a spot here. Go for it. Okay. It talks about the purpose of the second resurrection is so that the universe may see that if the wicked are given a second chance and are clearly shown all the evidence firsthand, so there's no doubt or there can be no doubt or questions about God and his love and they still will not repent Mm. there's nothing else God can do for them he will still love them and forgive them but at this point love and forgiveness will not heal the damage done the hardened heart is seen to be incurable and they're simply not safe to save and then when it's all over well anyways so that's why I marked marked down, because I think there were some questions as to what what's the, even the purpose of of bringing back to life the wicked, right. if they're just going to be destroyed and it was a good question, Joe, because I think you kind of mentioned that earlier, but it's it's because and, and this is my understanding and I hope that You guys will help out here if it's not, but it's because he's going to show and point out why these people are lost or, or why, you know, why they, you know, why they chose the things that they chose. And, um, and still, as we know, the gates of the New Jerusalem will be open. Right. Um, and we know that they also will all kneel down and bow to, to mm-hmm. God, as in mm-hmm. saying that he's righteous and everything like mm-hmm. that. But also, um, they still in their hearts, I think, Still have not repented. Mm-hmm. And then, is that, am I getting that right? Because, you know, I think Seth brought up a question as to, well, if they're all kneeling down and, and bowing, aren't they saying, okay, God is right? And, you know, isn't that kind of a repentance? And
4: I was just saying, is there any chance they can come in that door?
1: I think that ability, the door is open.
4: But can they come through it?
1: They can come through it.
4: If they choose to.
1: If Well, not only if they choose to, but who, who do they have to give their, their honor and their, their life to? And their, and are they willing they at trust? this point to change? So,
4: so is it too late?
1: It's a choice.
5: Go ahead, Mark. Remember, not everyone knows what's going to transpire. People that live before the flood did not get the benefit of John's writings and Revelation. Right. So, this is, they're going to outnumber those in the city. You've got these things flying around. You know what I mean? You know, th- these angels. You know what I mean? It's just, it, 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 it. And plus your family standing around you outside this big, bright, whatever that is, city. They, they don't know what's going on. And so don't assume that everyone knows that stuff.
1: Well, here's the thing, though, Mark, because I I would have a real issue with that because someone misinterpreted something, so they didn't walk through that door because they didn't know. I think they know full well. Otherwise, it's not fair. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying they know John's writings. Obviously not, but their character... Mm -hmm. way back when, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Their character, were they, you know, Mm -hmm. did they do good deeds or were they only thinking of self? You know, Mm -hmm. did they, you know, you know, having the opportunity, would they still choose self?
0: Does Does anybody here know someone or have a friend who is engaging in an activity that is really bad for them? We're just going to pick on people who smoke. Smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. There's overwhelming evidence that smoking causes cancer, and that it's bad for you. Say, and and when you talk to them as they're lighting up, I know this will kill me one day. I don't care. They light up. Are they not acknowledging the truth? That this is bad for them. Yes, they are acknowledging it, but they're not bowing to it. They don't care. Bowing. You can use the term symbolically. Bowing is metaphorically. Right. That's what I thought too. Okay. Let's let's just let's let's think about this concept. I know the truth is this is going to kill me. I don't care. And they keep smoking. What does that reveal about that person? They're hard-hearted, they're solidified in rebellious attitude. They don't care. So you can have as big as the sands of the seas see Jesus there in his goodness. And the Bible, in the, the author, like next week or the two weeks from now, when we get together, we finish this lesson, it talks about it. That what they're bowing at is God's character, the understanding of the revelation that. God's goodness. They're seeing God for how good he actually is. The truth. Yep. I know he's good. Yep. I know it. He's nothing like Satan. But I don't care. That's how I understand that. I know this cigarette's going to kill me one day. I know it's bad for me. I don't care. So it's just revealing how Hard their heart is, how cold they are. Right? You can say, but the gates of the city are open. Yep. Yeah, I see they're open. There's nothing standing there in the way. Yep. Yeah, I know that. I know I could walk right in. Yeah. Jesus is standing there looking at me like this. Come on in. And yeah, you're right. He'll welcome me.
3: I think that it, I don't, it's more than just a cold heart, though, too. Like, you have to be, like, pretty, pretty deluded right? to, like, reject that so like yeah the evidence is out in front of them but they might interpret it as I don't know it might not be enough evidence for them and that might be something even if it is all the evidence they need
2: I don't know what happened to the uh, people in the desert uh, you know after they were freed from Egypt you know all the miracles and stuff and it's like eh yeah we're gonna make a golden calf you know well said.
0: There's a little bit of a, a little bit of object lesson that shows the condition of people's hearts. Yeah, that's confusing. Well, let's pray. Let's pray. This is a deep. It's deep. It's heavy. Hopefully we can get more answers and come away with more answers than we do questions. God, thank you for this conversation. Thank you that you are a good, a good God and that the kind of person that you reveal in your life and also in, in your word and in nature is a God of order you make sense even if we don't quite understand it that doesn't mean you don't make sense that just means we have a lot of growing to do I got fundamentally though I just ask that you will help increase our trust in you and as your spirit works in our hearts to increase our understanding that we will be able to share these little tidbits that you' that you're giving us and help us lead others um, to a knowledge of you as well. Thank you for this beautiful Sabbath. We pray these things in your name.